choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima, Apollo Des. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at Apollo Des1, and of course, at Apollo HOU. The Houston Astros just won another series, this time up at Fenway Park against the Boston Red Sox. They take two games out of three from the Red Sox, and they look to continue their winning ways as they take on the Minnesota Twins today as we record this on Friday. Apollo Dez is here with me, of course, twice a week on Beyond the Diamond. Dez, the Astros continue their winning ways. Like I just said, they win another series. Uh, game three obviously didn't go as planned. They had an opportunity to, to win. It was kind of a back and forth game. I think uh, you've got some numbers right there in front of you. They they put up a ton of runs between the two teams. Um but, you know, for some reason, the Astros struggle to sweep teams, but they're winning series. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah, uh, I mean, the question is, do the Astros have a sweep problem? It just seems like we cannot put a team away, whether it's Dusty giving guys off and we go with the, you know, triple A, quadruple A lineup or um, we just get in weird games like last night and. Um, I was at an event last night, so I missed most of it, but the timeline was in a frenzy. Um, it absolutely was playing catch up with what was going on. I think there was 13 runs in a two inning span. Um, this bananas, absolutely bananas. So, uh, like you said, winning series is the name of the game. We talk about it all the time on this podcast that if you're winning series, you're going to be in October no matter what. And, um, it's exciting. It really is that, um, this team is kind of gelling and coming together. We saw two bad spurts of um, when we got hit with COVID and it was a really bad baseball then. And then this is a weird um, bullpen kind of mirage thing where we, we played really bad baseball then too as well. So other than those two kind of, I guess, moles uh, on the season, everything else has been good because they're winning series and, and they're playing really good baseball against really good teams. Yeah, let's get the negatives out of the way for this series against the Red Sox as we uh, dig into segment one here on Beyond the Diamond podcast. Um, when you look at the box score, the Astros pounded out 10 hits. Altuve had two uh, with a solo blast that he absolutely dug out of the dirt. It was a sand wedge. You flopped it up over the over the green monster to tie the game, I believe, at, at some point. Bregman had two hits. Jordan had two hits, two RBIs. Uh, Yuli had a hit with a couple RBIs. Kyle Tucker had a big time hit and a big time moment last night that you really thought, you know, might seal the deal for the Astros. But the bullpen had a few issues. Um, and then that's where we uh, oh, and then again and then again. Miles Straw continues to swing the bat pretty well. He is making me eat my words as the what do you always say as the resident Odo guy for you? I am the resident yes. Miles Straw guy, and he has his average up to 250. He had two more hits last night. So he's starting to come around. 
But then you get down to the box score. I can't believe that shit. I, I really can't. I love it. I don't don't get me wrong. I'll admit when I'm wrong. I slandered Kyle Tucker for the longest time. And look what Kyle Tucker is doing. I stopped my Bernie slander. I st- yeah, absolutely. I stopped my slander about a year and a half ago uh, of Kyle Tucker. But the first two, man, I wanted them to trade him. I did. <laughs> I was the guy that was saying, hey, let's trade Kyle Tucker and get a nice couple of pieces. But anyways, uh, then you look down to the box score uh, of the Astros pitching staff last night. It starts with Zach Grinke. He did not have a good outing. He only lasted three innings, gave up seven hits, four earned runs, a walk, and struck out two. Pitch count, only 64 pitches. Then you look to Brandon Belak, two innings, four hits, three earned runs. Blake Taylor, he's the one that got the loss, two, two-thirds of an inning, one hit, three runs. Obviously, you can kind of cut him a little bit of slack. Still, He's just off the IL, still getting his feet wet. Uh, Anoli Paredes, can we talk about Paredes right now? He yeah, has been great. He has not been great. He was sent down and then recalled the next day because of uh, I forgot who went down. Uh, but the command is just not there. I mean, he didn't even record an out in that inning that he, yeah, he didn't even record an out two runs two earned 18 pitches. Yeah, I mean, just uh, just not good. He has not been good. And it looks like he maybe tweaked something yesterday, so he looks like he's probably going to have an IL stint as well. But uh, before all that, it just hasn't been a Noli Canoli from that uh, magical 2020 sprint. And we talked about it. We said, hey, these guys are, are single A pitchers. They've never pitched in front of these many fans ever in their entire lives. Uh, now with the booing, now with the constant um, harassment of the team. And... Um, they're playing really good teams. They're, you're playing the yeah. Sox. You're playing the Yankees. You're playing the Dodgers. You're playing the Padres. Um, it's it's there's it's like facing our team. There's there's not a lot of outs in there. So and they're coming in a high leverage situations and, and he's just not producing right now. And it sucks to see. Um, hopefully he's he's all right and can stay off the IL and it can maybe go down to Sugarland and get his head right. But um, right now it just throw strikes. I, I mean it, it's. We talk about it all the time on this podcast. Just throw strikes. Yeah. If you're filling up the zone and, and um, you know you're getting hit, and, and okay, you, you can work with that. But if you're just constantly throwing balls, you're constantly walking people, you're constantly having your defense fall asleep out there. Um, it happens. Like, look, they're, they're major league baseball players. They get paid millions of dollars. They get paid a weekly check more than a lot of people make in their freaking year. But if a pitcher comes out there and is throwing nothing but balls, you're going to fall asleep on defense. We're human. It's a kid's game at the end of the day. I've been there and I didn't even get paid to play the game. Yeah. Like you're just like, Hey, throw the, throw some strikes, bro. Yeah. Like figure it out. And so we just have a, the case of that. And it, it, once we figure that out, this team, this team's built to make another run. But um, until then the question mark is the bullpen. Yep. Between Blake Taylor and Anoli Paredes last night, two thirds of an inning, three walks it's not ideal throw not. strikes throw strikes it's this game is extremely difficult but yet it, it is so simple at the same time obviously i played catch up um i was at an event yesterday put on by the scurfield group um at the heights house hotel here in houston i highly recommend going out there space cowboys the bar there is a, a great event great opening but the big thing i saw when i was playing catch up and i'm gonna watch the game here in a you know, right after we're done recording to see what I missed. But um, 
the big thing was defense too. Uh, you know, Kyle oh, Tucker right. struggled. Yeah, Kyle Tucker missed the ball in right field. Was completely whiffed. Uh, Correa on that, you know, supposedly infield fly roll. I mean, he's in center field. Where the where was Straw on that? Because um, Carlos Correa was in in center field, and so um, I don't know if the wind was playing havoc for both teams or what happened there. But the defense didn't bail out the bullpen or did him any favors, uh, essentially. Yeah, and, and when you look at the d- defensive side, those struggles, um, I do think the wind was blowing, uh, whipping around, especially with the high fly balls. But at the end of the day, with Kyle Tucker, you know, you look at the route that he took on that baseball and that fly ball. Um, it comes to, man, it goes back to Little League. Catch the ball with two hands. Get the other hand up there, because if you look at the way that he dropped the fly ball, in reality, if he puts the other hand up there, he's got a way better chance of hanging on to that. And that was a big that was a big swing of momentum. And then with Carlos Correa, you you hit it right. You hit the nail on the head. Where is Miles Straw when you're out or when your infielders are backpedaling out into the outfield? That is the outfielders job to come in and call them off. And we didn't see that last night. Luckily, the Astros got bailed out with the infield fly rule, which do we need to explain to people what the infield fly is? Man, I, I don't I don't think so. I think the general fan knows it. I mean, we could we could discuss it. Yeah, I just think, you know, from what I saw on the timeline uh the, you know, like you said, the general fan, they don't know what it is. They think just because uh, Carlos Correa left the dirt that it shouldn't be an infield fly. But what the rule is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. From my understanding is if a what I've always known is if an infielder is camped under the ball and the runner situation is correct and the out situation is correct, then that is considered an infield fly. And he, at, at some point during that uh, during that inning, Carlos Correa was camped under the baseball. And he dropped it. So that's a uh, under the umpire's discretion to rule it an infield fly. And that's exactly what happened. So yeah. I think they got it right. but. For people on the timeline, which I did see plenty of last night, complaining and bitching that it wasn't an infield fly, I disagree respectfully. It was an infield fly. I think they got it right. Yeah, it's up to the discretion of the umpire, right? And obviously it looked like Carlos was camped and then I guess the wind played havoc and the chaos of that ensued. Um, I think just objectively where he was, it's tough to call that. But I think the umpire initially called it when Carlos was kind of halfway to where he ended up being. Yeah. And he, he turned around and then when he came back, that's when Carlos was a lot further than when he made that call. And then the drop, it reminds me of that in the Braves playoff game. Yeah. Remember, uh, a couple you know, years ago in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was egregious. Cause that, he, was, that was pretty much, um, in left field, but I still at the end of the day, it's up to, you know, the discretion of the umpire. Um, because I mean, I I'm guilty of it. Like, hey, I'm gonna drop the ball, try to get two outs, right. you know, steal outs wherever I can. But the question is, where where was Miles Straw? I mean, did he buy a ticket to the show? It's just yeah, it's it's just it seems like there's something every other day. But I mean, he's hitting the ball, like you said. Yeah, that's um, there was defensive struggles in that inning for sure. Uh, I think one thing I wanted to I wanted to touch on. I was been running the numbers on this side in the three game series. The Astros offense had 38 hits. Um, That'll do every single freaking every single freaking day Um, in that three game span. They also had 16 extra base hits. So nearly almost a little less than 50 percent of their hits 
were extra base hits. Um, the offense is clicking. I mean, 10 hits game one, 17 hits game two, 11 hits game three. Um, that's uh, the offense is pretty stout right now. Yeah. Well, that's what we've said. We've said all along that uh, the thing with the Houston Astros is they're going to have one of the best offensive lineups in the game. And the question mark is going to be the bullpen. Did they did the bullpen fall apart a little bit in game three? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, they won the series. They won another Correct. series. And man, Alex Bregman is coming around. He looks really good at the plate. And that's a scary thing for this lineup. Yeah, we talked about it. We said, you know, this lineup really hasn't um, came together or gelled yet, right? It's always been two or three guys, and then it rotates to another two or three guys. It hasn't been a consistent thing in the lineup. If you have Kyle Tucker and Miles Straw doing what they're doing in the bottom half of the lineup, and then you have Brayman getting hot finally, you have Brantley consistently doing what he's doing, and then Correa, who I think he's locked in. Uh, I, I said it a couple podcasts ago. When his swing is locked in, he's driving the ball to that power alley in right center. Um, we saw it at home, and now we're seeing it stay through this little road trip. And so uh, with Altuve and Yuli, I mean, Yuli's reincarnated right now. He, I, I don't know. He spent the offseason finding the fountain of youth because um, he's aging like a fine wine and just absolutely destroying the ball. And the fact that this lineup hasn't gelled yet, and when they do, and they're coming up in a very, very soft spot in the schedule where they could stack a lot of wins after this next homestand. Um, it should be uh, it should be fun. We should be going into mid July, end of July with a. Uh, I'm gonna say it right now, we'll have a five game lead in the division by the end of July. You heard it here first. Five game lead in the AL West, and Des talked about the schedule that's upcoming. So we'll look ahead. The Astros begin a series against the Minnesota Twins uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then they come home for a quick two-game set against the Arlington Rangers. Then they have the White Sox. Obviously, the White Sox are playing really good uh, baseball. But they, I, hey, they're they, a wagon. They are, but they just dropped. Um, they just lost another one of their core guys. I saw, I, I don't have it in front of me. But I remember somewhere on Twitter yesterday, I saw that they were using they were losing another part of their young nucleus was me, what uh, I saw. Um, yeah, if you can look that up real quick, um, then here's the soft spot. Oh, yeah, I got it. Matagirl, Nick Matagirl. There you go. That, that was it. Day injured list. Yep, there it is. Uh, so then you look look after the White Sox. Here comes the soft spot. You got the Orioles, the Tigers, the Orioles, the Indians, and then they come back Fourth uh, of July. Uh, after the 4th of July weekend and they take on the Oakland A's and they welcome in. Yeah, they welcome in the A's and they welcome in the Yankees. That's to end the first half of the season. But when you look at these stints against the Baltimore Orioles, the Detroit Tigers, and then the Orioles again, and then the Cleveland Indians, man, they should win 80% of those games. 80% of those games, maybe even 90% of those games. Yeah, that's, that's where they should get hot. I mean, you shouldn't drop a game there. You have to be relentless. You have to, you have to be a shark uh, in in uh, a chum water and just go to town. Like there's no part of um, the season that is more an opportunity than this part coming up because uh, it it feels like we have been treading water. We played really really good teams. We played really good baseball, and we're still only a game back from Oakland, which I think, and I know the fan base and Astros Twitter. 
and, and everywhere else are, are very upset. But Oakland is in their soft spot in their schedule. On their back half, they play all the teams that we've been playing right now. So as our schedule loosens up, their schedule hardens up, and that's where we make our run. It's, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. You can just drift right off of them, and boom. A little slingshot action, little a little bada-boom, bada-beam, and, and we're cruising in the West. So I think that this is an opportunity for the Astros to uh, really put the league on notice. Yeah, and, and you don't want to peak too early, right? So 100%. what we'd said a couple weeks ago with the with this point in the schedule is play 500 baseball. Well, they've done a little bit better than that. And then when you go into a soft spot in your schedule, do you want to absolutely dominate those teams? Yes. You're, you got the all star break coming. Uh, you don't want to peak too early. Now, that's that's not me saying, hey, go play sub subpar below 500 baseball. You you play good baseball. You separate yourself a little bit from the A's and the AL West because let's let's be real here. It's going to be the Astros and the A's out of the AL West. There's no other teams that that in that in that division that are going to even come close to to the Astros and the Athletics. You go into the All Star break. You take a couple days off. The Astros should have some All Stars that are going to play in that game, and then you come out in the second half, and that's when you finally hit your stride. I really would like to see. I know we're talking, you know, a couple weeks and a month or two ahead, but I would like to see, obviously, the bullpen iron itself out. Um, you've got McCullers coming back. He threw last night uh, against the Sugarland Skeeters. I didn't even really see any highlights. We didn't even touch on that. He's really close to coming back. Um, and, and when he does, the bullpen is going to get an additional arm because you're going to have to take either Luis Garcia or Jake Odorizzi out of the starting rotation and put one of them in the bullpen. So yeah. that's what I look forward to after the All-Star break is the bullpen is going to iron itself out. You have a couple days off. Uh, Michael Brantley is coming off the IL. He played the other night. Uh, he had last night off. So you'll see him uh, get back into this lineup. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just look in the first half uh, by separating yourself from the A's and then start fresh in the second half. I know we're again, I know we're talking a couple months or a month ahead, but um, just looking at the schedule, man, there's a big opportunity for the Astros, especially when they get through with the White Sox and they go play those subpar teams really separate really put some distance uh in the al west so yeah i i think i think we saw the first little glimpse of um uh, how you said it, the the bullpen's gonna kind of iron itself out and i i think that um the decision to probably move luis garcia into the bullpen uh is gonna anger the 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 fan base it, it upsets me a bit but i understand it because He's never thrown over 100 inning pitches. He he he. Everything's going to be new for him here in a couple of months. Um, by going into the bullpen, and we saw it game two of the series when um, look, big man on campus. I, I'm admitting that I lost the Jake Odorizzi bit. I owe you a a lunch date, a little mandate. You know, you pick it out, Bubba. We'll go anywhere you want. Um, the budget is probably Whataburger only. That's fine with me. But. <laughs> uh, Look, but we saw the perfect the perfect piggyback system. We saw Odorizzi and then Javier. That when Javier came into that game and he had a clean first inning, you could look at that Boston lineup and they were deflated. Absolutely deflated. We, when you have a guy that could come in and, and eat three or four innings, I, I guarantee you when a team sits down, uh whether it be the Red Sox, whether it be Minnesota or the White Sox coming up, Rangers, whoever it is, when they look at the Astros 
pitching staff. All right, they got they got some dudes, they got some guys in in the roto, uh, but they're they're circling guys' names in the bullpen. Okay, we can get this guy. We can get this guy. We can get this guy. We just have to hang around in the ball game until we get into the bullpen. Well, when Christian Javier steps in and he avoids any of those guys that have been circled by that team and that manager and that offensive philosophy game plan for the for the series. That takes the win out of their system. And, and I go back and watch the game, guys. After that first inning, they looked completely deflated. And it was just cruise control. Yes, the game, the offense put it out of hand. But we've seen it time and time again. The game is not out of hand when the usual suspects of the bullpen right now are coming into the ballgame. But when you have a Javier come in or in a, you know, a couple of weeks, I mean, maybe this week, when a Luis Garcia comes in off a of piggyback, Bro, that that that's two games right there. Yeah. You have Javier and Garcia on the back end of a starter, and say the starter only goes five. That's fine. They can the other guys could go three, and then you hand it off to Presley. That that's two wins. That's literally two wins right there. And then you just got to, if we have a sweet problem, we have a sweet problem. Fuck it, we want another series. It it really, um, it almost feels like with with the philosophy they have, it's almost like a boa constrictor. Like it, we have them, we have a team just. Dis- wrapped up and and the more they squirm they more they they try to move around and the tighter it gets and uh, as long as we keep those those circled names in the bullpen and there are a few um those those teams are going to struggle offensively because a javier and a luis garcia on a piggyback tandem whatever you want to call it is uh pretty fucking deadly yeah and those are uh those are weapons that that the astros have at their disposal especially with lance mccullers coming back into the rotation um, Jake Odorizzi, if those, if those two and Lance, before we went on the IL was starting to extend innings, he started getting deeper into games, but there's always a chance with him and Odorizzi and anybody in the rotation that at any point we saw with Zach Grinke in game three, at any point you might have a short outing from one of your starters. And if you can bring in a bridge guy like Christian Javier or Luis Garcia, and they throw like they have been throwing, I mean, good luck, good luck. That's just a special addition to the bullpen with Luis Garcia. If if Luis Garcia goes to the bullpen, which I'm projecting, yeah, I would say, yes, he's the, he's going to be the guy that goes to the bullpen. If he does go, then that adds another weapon, another weapon for Dusty Baker. And, and let's uh, let's not forget Dusty Baker got tossed last night. I know oh, that's our guy, baby. Uh, that's our guy. Little- Big dusty guys, yeah, big dusty guys. I loved it. Veteran move, veteran move. Perfect time to do it. Um, Did he argue the call? Yeah, but or was it more of like, hey guys, let's let's figure it the fuck out here. Let's let's light a little fire under under my team's ass. I got your back. I'm gonna go get tossed, bro. I was bricked up when I saw. I I was I was driving back from the event last night, and um, I was listening to the radio and. when Sparky said, oh, and by the way, Desi got red. I almost I almost went 150 miles an hour on on the beltway because I was like, I was so bricked up. I was so amped so, up. I was like, our boy Dusty got red. So when you're cruising down the beltway and you're hauling ass, are you Dom Toretto or are you Brian Earl Spilner? Bro. That's a Fast and the Furious reference uh, for you listeners. Fast and I'm uh I'm a definitely I'm definitely a Dom guy, American muscle. So but you're a I'm, Dom Toretto guy. Uh, yeah. So you're knocking down Corona. So you can have any beer you'd like as long yeah, as it's Corona. Corona. Yeah, I'm not a big Corona guy. I mean, if Corona wants to throw us a check, they can. And I'll be a Corona no, guy because no free I, ads. That's right. My no bad. Free ads. I was quoting the movie, though. Can't, can't uh, not say it. Yeah, can't, 
can't not say it uh as a mercenary but yeah dude honestly like i've been watching a lot of f1 lately um like it's a new thing and it, i get addicted to it it's my addictive personality and so i like wake up early to watch these european races and uh i've been driving like a, a maniac and i usually don't i usually drive like a grandpa i always get made fun of but recently i've been driving like a maniac and i'm like this isn't good if i get out of this truck because i just want to go fast segment two is <laughs> on the way we've got apollo des he's gonna break down the coca-cola 600 from charlotte motor speedway get out of here the nascar race is it's this NASCAR, sunday dude. My it's goodness, Apollo HOU brings you auto racing. Don't go anywhere. Segment two is on the way, but real talk before we get to segment two. How about our guy, Framber Valdez? My goodness. Oh, stud. The ace, the ace of the rotation. I'm sorry, Seven Zach Grinky. I'm sorry. I love Zach Grinky. Very veteran move, future Hall of Famer. Uh, but Framber Valdez is the ace of this rotation. Seven and a third innings. He only gave up five hits, one earned run. He didn't walk anybody, and he, th- and he struck out eight. 96 pitches, the franchise, baby. That's a plug. Go check out Apollo HOU for the new shirt that just dropped earlier this week. Check it out. But man, he, he looked disgusting. He's 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 it. Like, right? We've always he was always the guy that we thought, um, can he figure it out? And he hey, Cam, our guy at Cam and Apollo always says, pay, pay that sports psychologist, therapist, all the money in the world, get him with the other guys, make him the guy for the entire team. Because he's totally flipped Framber Valdez from a question mark to a legit staff ace, uh, a front end rotation guy. So um, it's such a pleasant sight to see. Yeah, his, it's, his his curveball is filthy. You know, and man, you know what? You know what? It's even makes it even better. It's not a sticky situation with him. Oh, it's just a natural, a natural thing. It's just it's just filthiness, but not stickiness. Filthiness. Not stickiness. I think the biggest thing for me that I saw out of Framber Valdez is, and this is for you high high baseball IQ people like Des and I, um, he looked very calm. His his um his windup and his mechanics looked very sound, very smooth, and very calm on the mound. It there was no herky jerkiness, very smooth. Um and he filled it up. Seven and a third innings, and he didn't walk anybody. No walks. He didn't issue any, no any walk. walks. Throwing strikes. And that's a big problem with him, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. If there's one knock, if there's one knock, it's it's can can he get the can he get the walks down? Because we've seen it in times. I, I think one of that Tampa Bay start, um, he had a, he had a few walks that came back to bite him. Uh, but it was uh, it's been a pleasant pleasant surprise to see him emerging to be a, a staff ace and that he is he is a staff ace no stickiness here with framber valdez the franchise baby check out the new shirt apollo that's going to do it for segment one uh the astros will look to take on the minnesota twins starting friday they play saturday and sunday as well uh for segment two des and i are going to dig into all of the craziness that's going on in major league baseball we're going to talk about uh, the foreign substances that pitchers are using that have probably used for years and years and years. And now it's getting brought to light. Um, people are still trying to say that the Astros cheated now in 2019 with vibrating band-aids. Uh, and then vibrators. We'll, yeah. Vib- yeah. It's, it's all craziness. Uh, and then of course we'll, we'll dig into a little bit of why we think this is happening. Because if you didn't know the current CBA in MLB is going to elapse 
in December of this year. So segment two, right around the corner. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us here on Beyond the Diamond Podcast on the Apollo Podcast Network. Segment two of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian LaLima, Apollo Dez here with you. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at Apollo Dez1, and at Apollo HOU. Check out our YouTube, check out our Twitch channel, unsubscribe, or no, subscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, whatever the, the saying is. Just go check it out. All of the best sports content, maybe even a little NASCAR, maybe a little F1. Who knows? It depends on what we're feeling for the day. But you're going to get all the all the sports content you need. So, Des, segment two, we're going to discuss all the craziness that's going on in Major League Baseball right now. And to start for starters, Garrett Cole is being made a scapegoat for the uh, spider tack situation. And if you don't know what spider tack is, it's a very very sticky uh, super glue like substance that pitchers are using uh, to increase spin rate uh, in Major League Baseball, which who knows? They've probably been using this for years and years and years. Uh, Josh Donaldson called out Garrett Cole um, and said, isn't it? Is it no coincidence that Garrett Cole's spin rate has dropped over the last several weeks because a couple of minor leaguers have been suspended? Uh, Trevor Bauer's spin rate has dropped over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, there's videos all over Twitter right now of so many different pitchers using these foreign substances, which it's no secret. It's been around for years, years. This has been going on. Now it's coming to light. Now MLB is cracking down. Now Rob Manf- Manfred um is, you know, encouraging umpires to make different checks throughout the game. And if you get caught with it, you get ejected, you can get suspended, you can get fined, whatever the case may be. It's a little weird that all this stuff is starting to happen right before the CBA ends. I know we talked about it in our group chat, our guy, Ben Midzi, he did, he tweeted it out uh, a couple days ago, talking about, you know, pitting the players against the players. Um, and then you said it there, you know, just like I, I think we're both in agreement that there could very easily be a strike upon us after this CBA ends in December. It's just it's it's kind of kind of weird that all this is happening right now, huh? What, what do you think? What's your take? Yeah, if you go to Spider Tack, it's a it's a one page website. I think I could have coded this. Um, Spider Tack. It is a competition grade. It's for strongman competitions. Um, in their Description is the most versatile will work great in both cold and heat. Spider tech heavy is a thicker, more vicious spider tech. It is slightly less webby than the competition grade, but has a bit more adhesion in the hottest temperatures. Um, then the other product is spider tech light. It is the thinnest spider tech. It maintains pliability in the coldest temperature, but also do its job on a warm day. The gentleman who created it says, I suggest applying a thin layer of light as too much would be as won't be as effective. Spider tack sticks better to stones and your arms and sleeve than it does itself. So the multifaceted 
questions that you threw my way. Um, one, spider tack is being used in the league uh, by pitchers to increase their spin rate. And everyone listening who is kind of confused about it, we can slowly break it down. Um, over the last decade, it's been, no surprise, an arms race for organizations to find um, edges in the game, whether that be um, banging on a trash can, Apple watches, using high-tech cameras, zooming in. Uh, that's just on the offensive side, and I, I, obviously that took the focus. Um, but on the pitching side, this spider tack has emerged, and um, the pitchers are putting it in their gloves, they're putting it on their arms, they're putting it in their sleeves, somewhere inside their belt, but anywhere they, where they can grab it when they're pitching. And it has drastically, drastically allowed these pitchers to add uh, a bunch of RPMs to whatever pitch they're throwing. So it's making their fastballs move a lot more, it's making their fastballs go up a few uh, miles per hour, it's making their curveballs and sliders and, and everything else move stupidly and if you see it on pitching ninja it looks like uh he he sped up you know he sped up videos and it's just natural not natural but uh spider tag movement really and it's been happening for a quite quite some time and in the history of baseball it's always been there right and uh we could we could go back and you could make parallels of uh, the astros using a trash can because uh stealing signs has always been there and then the emergence of technology allowed the astros allegedly to um operate in the gray because technology has passed the sport up and now you go on the pitching side pine tar and spitballs and rosin and and yeah, sunscreen and all, you, sunscreen big- all this stuff has been there for a long time and uh in college our pitchers i think the statute of limitations pass has we used um, bullfrog sunscreen yep. and, and rosin. rosin. So yeah. our pitchers would load up their arm and then hit the rosin bag, which is on the mound, the little white thing, you know, for pitchers to get grip when it's, you know, they're sweating. Um, and they would, just, they would just touch their arm and it would allow you to make the ball do weird things. And so that's always been there. It's always been part of the game. Baseball, you're, everyone's always cheating. But this new generation, the spider tack, is equivalent to what the Astros and the other teams uh, that haven't been named yet and will be named um, using um, this edge because technology and all these new things have passed the sport and the the laws that have been written down in the 1800s. So um, that's where we are right now. We're 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 having Garrett Cole be called out um, by Josh Donaldson. We're having all these pitchers drastically having really bad starts compared to what they were doing because. Um, allegedly the league's end up coming down on these guys sooner rather than later, I believe. Right. Yeah. I, the thing for me is finding a competitive edge in the game of baseball has been around for forever. There's a reason why they call when you go from first to second on the pitcher, there's a reason they call that a steal because you're stealing the bag, right? If you're not trying to find a competitive advantage in baseball, then you're behind and you're not good at the game. When we were in college, we had some of our starting pitchers that were not pitching on the day. So essentially their off day, they would sit in the dugout. They wouldn't sit in the bullpen. So we had our bullpen guys down the right field line in the bullpen. You had our starters that weren't starting in the dugout with us with pullovers on, you know, closest thing to street clothes that you can think of. 
They would sit in the dugout and they would literally try to pick signs for us. That's what they would do. We uh, Concordia or Trinity, two of the better Division three programs in the nation year in and year out. One of those teams, I forgot which one came to our park, came to our stadium and they were using a number system to give signs. One of our starting pitchers picked that sign, picked that system within the first three outs of the game. And we use it for the rest of the series. And we won the series because that's what we do in baseball. That's what you do. Then comes this spider tax situation and other things are coming to light. Let's start with what I had to endure over the last couple of days with insufferable New York Yankee fans. You guys are the fucking worst. The absolute worst. And I can make a case that the Dodger fans are up there. But you Yankee fans are, God, you guys are insufferable. You are low baseball IQ people. I'm sorry that the New York Yankees fucking suck right now. They are not good. You've got people calling for Aaron Boone to get fired. Aaron Judge is not playing well. Giancarlo Stanton is on the IL again. Look, the Yankees are not good right now. So what do they do as Yankee fans? And I forgot the writer's name. I'm not even going to give him clout. There's some fucking yeah. jackass writer with a blue check that made this, this, that wrote a book about the Astros sign stealing. And then he wanted to put out a tweet earlier this week. It's real, real convenient. They are mad because Gary Sanchez is not a good catcher. They are mad because, and you can attest this because you were a catcher. They are mad because Gary Sanchez got in his crouch too early, gave away location, may have gave, given away signs, and you're mad that uh, Cintron, Alex Cintron, was whistling, allegedly, whistling allegedly. during the playoffs in 2019, allegedly. And then you're going to put in this article that they were using vibrating band-aids and that they were using high or low pitch uh, whistles in amongst 45,000 45, screaming drunk Houston fans. I mean, are you shitting me? That's, that's where we're at. Here's an idea. Be a better catcher, Gary Sanchez. If you're giving away your position uh, or if you're giving away uh, your location, and things like that, then that's on you. That's that's completely on you. Don't sit here and try to bring in these asinine claims about vibrating band-aids. Where can I get one of those? Seriously, where can I get one of those? And then and then it's just it's th these hypocrites, man. Josh Donaldson, would you consider him a whistleblower for the spider attack? Yeah, you could. You could. 100%. It, it's yeah. is is what we're seeing right now towards Garrett Cole and other pitchers as bad as the sign stealing with the Astros and the and the uh, trash can banging. I would say no, but it's still cheating. Cheating, look, cheating is cheating until your team does it, and then everyone does it. Yeah, that's that's what we're seeing here, and it, it's 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 got to be so tiresome for everyone that constantly moving the goalposts, constantly moving. And changing your opinion for the narrative. And I think my stance and your stance has been everyone is cheating. Everyone has been cheating. Everyone's been doing it since the history of this game. And to get on your high horse and to get on Twitter and, and, and use all the social media to weaponize it. Because you have, and I think you nailed it, 
there's so many low IQ baseball people that are on Twitter as a collective whole because one, they never played the game. Two, if they did, it was Little League 30 years ago. Three, they haven't sniffed a competitive um, at bat or, or moment in their entire life. They have no idea what's going on. And four, they're just sheep because they follow. They're like, okay, what's what? What's the cool thing to shit on? Okay, uh, it's the Houston Astros. Okay, let's weaponize that and let's just do it because everyone else is doing. It. All the cool kids are doing it. Let's all do it. And you have, and and you see it all the time when they're trolls. You can't you can't have a conversation with them because if you get them in the deep end, they just fucking drown because they can only say one or two things and they don't know anything else behind that. And so that's just where we are as a society. And. It, it it's crazy that we're coming to a point that the CBA is looming. There's going to be a lockout. You have all this stuff coming out. You have this, this book, this Astros book randomly drop, right? Right. When the, right. When Gary Cole, the New York Yankees ace is being exposed, right. When Bauer's being, exposed, when all these top pitchers are being exposed, this, Hey, look over here. Whistle. Whistle vibrators, I, like, like it makes there's so much smoke, and I'm not putting my tinfoil hat on, but it's just fucking weird. It's really fucking weird. But good for Josh Donaldson. He's he's putting his name out there. He's probably gonna get hit a couple times. Um, I have no problem with pitchers using rosin, uh, pine tar. I have I have no problem with that because it's been done for centuries. Because if I'm stepping in the box and the guy 60 feet, six inches away are, is throwing a, a pill 95 to 100 miles an hour, that if it catches me in my wrists, it catches me in the ribs, it catches me in the head. I have a broken wrist, I have broken ribs, or I could be dead. If he needs to use something to have a little bit control, I'm okay with that. But the spider attack thing, and you're making a baseball do a blitz ball shit, and you're making... You're making do all this crazy shit. I'm not okay with that because now you're fucking with my bread. You're fucking with my money. You're fucking with my at-bats. So I think that is where I stand in the situation of the spider tack um, pine tar war that we're quickly, quickly approaching. Yeah, and, and Des, just like you said, you have no problem with pitchers using pine tar, rosin, sunscreen, a concoction, whatever it is. I'm with you. I don't give a shit. I could care. I couldn't care less if that's what they're going to do, because if they're controlling a 99 mile an hour fastball a little bit better because of some kind of concoction concoction they have, that's fine. Because let's be real. You act like we as baseball fans right now are thinking, oh, these pitchers, man, they're cheating. They're cheating their asses off with all these substances. You're going to tell me that that these teams in the MLB are not trying to find a, a an advantage on the offensive side of the baseball, I guarantee you there's still some form of sign stealing going on right now with 80% of the teams, at least 80% of the teams. And then this is after all that we just went through, that we just talked about, the hypocrisy right now in the league and among writers and blue checks is it's, insane to me it's insane to me michael k i love michael k he's the play-by-play uh announcer for the new york yankees you're a big new york guy huh no he's just like i'm a big um broadcast guy right obviously my radio background 
my ultimate goal is to be a, a play-by-play guy for one of the MLB teams or a football play-by-play guy. Either way, Michael K is good at what he does. He comes on his radio show a couple days ago after Josh Donaldson comes out and, and uh, basically he's considered a quote-unquote whistleblower right now for this foreign substance bullshit that's going on. Michael K says, if Michael K myself is a player, I'm throwing one into Josh Donaldson's ribs for what he said. Okay, so you're mad because he's whistleblowing on Garrett Cole, the New York Yankee Garrett Cole. But when Altuve is made the scapegoat and is still the scapegoat. uh, It's okay that Mike Fires does that, right? It's okay. Basically, Josh Donaldson, the whistleblower, is bad. Mike Fires, the whistleblower, is good. The hero. He's the hero. He's the fucking hero. The hypocrisy is wild. I don't understand it. There are still people in New York. They were at a Knicks game. A New York Knicks game chanting fuck Altuve. It has been scientifically proven that Jose Altuve did not use the trash can sign stealing uh, during the scandal. He did not use it. There's videos that are out there that his teammates or whoever it was allegedly banging on the trash can and he looked pissed off and he looked dead into the dugout and essentially said without saying it, don't fucking do that. Right. But Garrett Colby made the quote unquote scapegoat for this foreign substance. It's a travesty. Why are we doing this? Why are we calling out Garrett Cole? Oh, it's low-hanging fruit because he's got the biggest salary. Blah, blah, blah. He's one of the best pitchers in the game, but don't you dare call him out for doing it. There's other people doing it. But hey, let's continue to chant fuck Altuve. Dude, the, the hypocrisy, man. That's what that's it, it makes it makes Twitter for, for me absolutely insufferable. And I know I said that earlier in this segment, but my God, Mike, you know what? Look. Go outside, put your phone down, crack open a beer, a seltzer. Uh, you it's know. seltzer summer, bro. Yeah, seltzer Or summer. Corona, you know, you Don Toretto. Whatever it is. <laughs> put your phone down, go out in the open. Uh, you don't have to wear masks anymore. We're coming out of the pandemic. The life is, we're, we're starting to return to normalcy. Vaccines are flowing around. Enjoy life a little bit. Stop bitching about Jose Altuve. Stop worrying about the Astros. If you're a Yankee fan, worry about if you should fire Aaron Boone or not. Worry about the Rays. Worry about the Red Sox. Worry about the Blue Jays. Because, uh, hey, me, you're, you're trailing a little bit. Why? Jose Altuve's broken that, that, that organization. An organization that used to be the evil empire, the bad boys, steroid users, fuck all y'all, 29 rings with... You know, when they're playing against farmers and, and senators and all this shit, Jose Altuve, the, the small guy from Venezuela, ended up crumbling this empire. And I love it. I absolutely fucking love it because it I think the the biggest thing that has me, um, I wouldn't say upset, just has me laughing. And I, and I, I teased it. I said, you know, the constant moving of goalposts and the constant uh if you know 
if the Astros orange team bad, they're cheating. You know, they're the villains. But hey, when it's our team being indicted for this, well, everyone's cheating. So, you know, it's it's not a, a me problem. It's a we problem. And it, it's just got to be so tiresome. It's got to be because I just, I just sit there and laugh. I'm like, you're just it's the mental gymnastics to just stay with what you were saying five minutes ago. It doesn't even make sense anymore. And here we are. It, it's it's. It's coming to a head. Like I, I think it's gonna get a lot ugly. Like I really do. Yeah, it especially is. when this with the CBA and and the owners and the player union, they're gonna go at it. You have the the players within the own union going at each other. Um, it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly. Yeah. Two two points. Uh, before we wrap up segment two for me, you just said it's got to be it's got to be tiresome. It's got to get exhausting, right? So I tweeted this out a couple of days ago. Imagine going on rant after rant, arguing with people about the Astros using, quote, high and low pitch whistles, all because Gary Sanchez is a slap dick catcher that was setting up entirely too early in his crouch and giving away location slash pitches. It has to be just apps like you said, it has to be absolutely exhausting. Me explaining this and talking about it is exhausting. We're, we're recording this right now at 10.55 in the morning, and I'm already exhausted trying to, trying to defend the Astros because of these low baseball IQ people. And I, I think you nailed it because it's not defending the Astros cheating. And I think this is what gets right. lost in the weeds and, and, and lost in, in the details because every troll, every other fan base is like, well, you're defending cheating. Like, no, no, we're trying to expose the hypocrisy that is happening in the league. The Astros are made to be a fall guy for this league-wide thing, but I, I, and I wish my old account wasn't clapped because I said, with Manfred doing this, and I tweeted right after the the everything started breaking. I was like, if you really want to do this, and I, and I tweeted, I was like, Bobby Manfred, if you really want to do this, this is opening Pandora's box, and once that box is fucking open, you can't close that box. Everything is going to come out. Your entire reputation is on this line, and. I was I was like, obviously, I'm a homer, but the bright play was to cover it up because everything else that's now coming out. That's what his his legacy as a commissioner is to be remembered for forever. It's his his reputation, his name in the history books is done. And all he had to do was cover it up. That's all he had to do was a simple cover up. And instead, he. Pinpointed team, he made them the fall guy and that Pandora's box is wide the fuck open. And now the entire league is being exposed and all the skeletons are coming out of the closet one at a time. And they will because that box is not closing and it's going to be it's going to be pretty fucking ugly. What Bob Man or Bob? Yeah. What Rob Manfred? I call him Bob. What what Rob Rob Manfred? Rob Manfred should have done with the Astros sign stealing. And again, I'm not I'm not defending the cheating. Did they cheat? Absolutely. They were using they were using trash cans. Allegedly. To convey signs. Allegedly. The Astros and their cheating should have been covered up and sealed just like the Yankees. There is a letter that has not been unsealed because that letter is detailing the Yankees cheating. The Yankees using sign stealing tactics for their hitters. There is a letter that has not been opened because MLB and Rob Manfred sealed it because they know oh shit we might have fucked up we probably should not have opened this pandora's box with the astros we probably should have covered it up and i guarantee you that rob manfred went to jim crane 
owner of the Astros and said, you fire your head or you fire your manager and you fire your general manager or I'm taking back the trophy. And he probably shouldn't have done that either. And now he's like, oh, we just uncovered more sign stealing. Oh, well, let's seal this letter. The Yankees, we can't, you know, you're not going to be able to see what they were doing. Because in hindsight, he's like, shit, man, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have opened this box. Maybe I shouldn't. We were spoiled with uh, Bud Selig making dumbass decisions like ending the All-Star game in a tie back in the day. He doesn't have shit on what Rob Manfred's doing. Rob Manfred is his legacy is just going. It's it's done. It's going down. It's it's going down the shitter is what it's doing. And in December, when this CBA comes up, elapses, and then you got to bring both both sides to the table. You are you are continually driving a wedge in between MLB and the MLBPA, the Players Association. You are driving a wedge right in the middle of it. And there is, in my opinion, there is 100% going to be a lockout. 100%. Because both sides are going to want crazy-ass things, and they're not going to be able to agree on anything. I, I think there's there's a situation, and I, I don't know if it's going to play out because you have so many players being outspoken right now and, and calling each other out. Um, and then But where the is, ha- hey, where, where is Rob Manfred during all that? I Sorry to he, cut you he's off. Busy. But where he's is busy. he? He's busy trying to think of punishments for for this this sticky tack. It's just it's not like this is a surprise. Everyone knows this is happening. So how do you not have contingency plans? How do you not have all this stuff? You know, everything from here on out is is going to be a complete oversteer and overreaction to whatever was on the other side, because all because of the incompetence from 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 Bob, like it, it, it makes it's, it makes it's it starts it's so at the stupid. top. It starts at the top. Who's at yeah. the top? Rob Manfred. You've got star players calling out star players. That's you shouldn't have that under your yeah. watch. Why would you want that? That's bad for the game. It's bad for the CBA. It's bad for just the entire look. You know it, what it feels like? It feels like a big high price, like high profile, like Hollywood divorce right now. And it's all being aired out like and we're like the kids. We're like the the kids and, and mom and dad are fighting and, you know, it, it's this big time, you know, TMZ divorce case and everything, everything and anything's being aired out. There's no mediators. There's no Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, like, hey, you know, you want to give me some miles? I take some miles, you know, give me some miles type situation. No, it's all being aired out and it's it's ugly. And I I, I originally thought when the CBA and, and the commissioner's office baseball and and the union were going to meet i definitely thought there was going to be a cover-up i thought there were both sides were going to squeeze some language in where players would get immunity for what's happened in the last decade whatever it was going to be you know there's some fines whatever but it's all out in the open now now it's it all out there's no way that that's going to happen um there's not going to be hidden language in, in any of this agreement because um I, I, it's looming. And, and then we had Pete Alonzo and I know we're, we're running short on time, but we had Pete Alonzo this week chirp. Uh, I think for the first time ever, really that he got on the major league baseball for, for, you know, deading the ball or juicing yeah. the ball when, when big free agent classes are coming up and it, it makes total sense. And the, I, I, I've had conversations with, with some of the guys that are, they're in the show. They're obviously part of the union. There's a lot of pissed off people because they're, their bread and their money's being fucked with. Right. And um, 
it's not they're not going to go quietly into the good night. Yeah. And, and you talk about the free agent thing that uh, that Pete Alonso came out and spoke about. Look at this free agent class for shortstops at the end of this year. It's a yeah. talented class of free agents. You know what's going to happen? Here's my take for Carlos Correa, because we talked about it a lot. Where is Carlos Correa going to go? Is he going to get extended uh, or, or are they going to re-sign him? Is he going to uh, people are even saying, is he going to get traded at some point this year? Like crazy takes, right? Yeah. Carlos Correa. This is my take on him. He's going to sign a one year deal with the Astros Look. to get his value back up because of what's going on in Major League Baseball right now. That's my I take. I don't think that's a hot take because I agree with it. I, I think. It's twofold, right? He he will assume a ton of risk if you're on a one-year deal. I think there's a creative way he could maybe do what Bauer just did, right? Like this one-year, one-year-to-year contract with all these options yeah. that protects him a little bit. Um, but it almost makes sense that that could happen because he is no longer a busy shortstop class. Exactly. The year. He's exactly. the only shortstop. He is now one. the market. Right. Um. I I love that. I don't hate it. I really, really love because, that. Because, I mean, you think about it. Carlos Correa has has played relatively well this year. He's had struggles at times, just like everybody's going to in a 162-game season. But let's say he ends the year hitting 265, 270. Um, you know, the power numbers are down a little bit. He's not going to get full value uh, at the free agent level, especially with the numbers that we heard that he wants. But what does it matter when there's going to be a lockout? It's a wash at that point. Fuck it. Okay. I'll, at Houston, I'll sign a one-year deal with maybe a one-year option and come back and recoup my value because then these other shortstops might take less money but just because they want to get a deal done. Even if there is a lockout, these other shortstops still might take, um, they might take short-term deals or lower money deals, whatever it is. He's going to come back for one year. Watch. That's, that's my take. That's my take. I, I love it. Yeah, and then... Again, you said we're running short on time. Here are a few things going on under the watch of Rob Banford. You've got pitchers using foreign substances. You hit on it with the juiced balls or the deadened balls. You've got players' salaries decreasing for the third straight season. You've got minor leaguers sleeping in vehicles because uh, team hotels are booked by vacationers. Um, and then obviously you've got, I guarantee you, sign stealing is still happening. There's no you, other you want, way. You want a hot take? I, I absolutely to end this to end this episode. Yeah, give it to me. Let's go. I, I think Theo Epstein usurps Bob Manfred. Really, one hundred percent. I think I think Theo will be the next commissioner. Really, I think I, I just feel it. It just feels like a Theo Epstein thing to do. Um, Theo Epstein, one of the best baseball minds out there. And Best we know he's cutthroat. Absolutely. We know he's cutthroat. We know I could see him uh, positioning himself uh, behind the scenes, getting his guys in there and then uh, and making a play. And which would be poetic because Robbie Bobby Manfred was the one that brought him on board. Yeah, so that's my uh, that's my little take. I like that take. You know what they say? Chaos is a ladder. No, Rubin's racing. That's what they say. And that's going to do it for another episode of Beyond the Diamond podcast. Segment what two did you just say? Rubbin is racing.
Rubbin is racing. Rubbin's racing. Right. I've never heard that in the history of my life. It's a NASCAR. Until right now. It's a NASCAR quote. Okay. Big I'm, NASCAR guy. We Got talked it. about uh we talked about F1 and then we talked about Dom Toretto a little bit on this episode. Yeah. So we're gonna end it. Rubbin's racing, brother. Rubbin is racing. Shake and bait. No. Shake and bait. Uh unpopular opinion that movie sucks. Dude, stop. It does. All right. Does. This was a great run. Thank you guys for tuning in yep. because we're canceled now because Brian hates Talladega Nights. Hey, I will say, though, I did correctly predict that the Astros were going to wax Nathan Uvalde. You did. I'll take that. I'll All, right. All right. we didn't, Let's just do a 30-second. What's your prediction for the Minnesota series? Oh, you know, I haven't seen How are the Twins this year? I don't even know. I saw Nelson Bad. Cruz hit a... Uh, Hit a walk-off home run against the uh, Yankees last night. So off uh, Chapman, right? Yeah, so off Chapman. He, he must have been wearing a buzzer or a vibrator or a band-aid vibrating. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe he had. He a, didn't strip down, so it, we have to assume that he had an earpiece in. They had yeah. a guy out in center field, video uh, uh, talking to him. Um, I, I say another series win. Another series yeah. win. I'm gonna say the Astros get swept. Hey, that's that's just been, because of the. I can't say anything good about him that's, because bad things happen. That's been that's been the good look, good good luck charm so far. Uh, I'm just gonna pull up real quick the rotation. You've got Urquidy, Garcia, and Valdez. Oh yeah, another series win. Book it. They're going against Shoemaker, Barrios, and Pineda. Okay. Yeah. Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Should be good. Yeah, another series win. That's gonna do it, Des. You got anything before we get out of here? Uh, nothing. Just uh, make sure make sure you get your spider tack and your Spider Man webs, and uh, love you guys. Yeah, that's gonna do it for another episode of Beyond the Diamond Podcast. Of course, follow us on Twitter at blima seven ninety at Apollo Des one and at Apollo H O U. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back with you early next week after the Astros take on the Minnesota Twins. We will preview the series going into the Texas Rangers. For Apollo Dez, I am Brian Lima. As always, thank you for listening and supporting us. We love you guys. Until next time, here on Beyond the Diamond Podcast on the Apollo Podcast Network.